eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to another OUinsider.com podcast. I'm RJ Young. I am joined by OUI staff writer, Colin Kennedy. Colin, what's going on, man? Well, RJ, I'm very excited because I've been meaning to do this for a while. It's been a minute since we last potted, and since that time has passed, a one RJ Young's birthday has come and gone, so we have to shout you out. You are officially a year older. How are you feeling, good sir? Hey, man, uh, I turned 33, and they have not nailed me to the cross. <laughs> well, look, happy birthday to you, man. I'm hoping it was a good one, and I'm glad we can let the audience know that you are still surviving and thriving. And well, hey, actually, we're about to dive into everything sooner football. Let me let me just jump in here right quick and tell you like the best birthday present I got. Because I'm, I'm actually very, very, very excited about this. So my girlfriend had been telling me for two weeks, RJ, you need to call me before you come over here. If you just walk in here and you see what I am up to, I am going to stab you. And so I did, like at, even at one point, she told me to wait in the driveway until she could write. And I was like, I'm out there for like 15 minutes. So on my birthday, you know, I do the radio show from 9 to 11. I get home and... She's got the front porch decked out with happy birthday, and there's like a pink uh, like tablecloth, and then there's like happy birthday stuff hung up with unicorns and ladybugs, and it's awesome. And I, she goes, go to your bathroom, and I go into my bathroom, and dude, she has remade, remodeled my entire bathroom. And wow, the coup de grace for me, my mother helped her, is she sewed me a pinup shower curtain. Because, like, apparently, like, she remembered me when we first started going out saying, I don't have time to go and shop for a good shower curtain because she was making fun of the shower curtain I had because I got it from, like, the Dollar General or whatever. I'm like, it's a shower <laughs> curtain. I just needed something that was not going to put water on the ground. And so she sews me, like, a custom shower curtain. And it's kick-ass. And by the way, who else's girlfriend makes them a pinup shower curtain? Of course, I'm... That is incredible. Right? I... Of course, my girlfriend is a pinup, so that it works. But like, people don't actually people see her and then see me, because she she is voluptuous and six feet tall, and I'm not. I'm 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 a chiseled five foot five, and people will go look at it for just a second and be like, I don't get it, and then we start talking and be like, okay, I get it. So the idea that she would make that kind of a shower, and I got like flowers and stuff, and I got a new trash can, and I got new bath rugs, and you can totally you you totally know now that a woman came into my house and just said, "Okay, I live here now. Here." <laughs> so, no. Oh, yeah. I, I need to gloat for just a second. So, thank you for that. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm learning in my younger age as I transition into full adult life that stuff like shower curtains and stuff you take for granted, man. Like, actually, you know, you're dropping a bunch of money on the the shower rings and a spatula and all, a whole bunch of nonsense. So, getting something like that, that's a big deal. So, congrats to you on both accounts. A working shower head, dude. So, you know <laughs> what? Spin spin the coin. Spin the coin on a good shower head. Just saying, makes all the difference. I heard that. All right, so let's go from that to recruiting. As Oklahoma picked up its 13th commitment and won Damon Harmon, break it down, and let's go from that to Kendall Daniels as quickly as we can. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some good news, bad news right. here, isn't there? I mean, obviously, we will, I'm sure we'll dive into the Kendall Daniels thing, let's, but let's talk about the good stuff yes. first for Oklahoma. Yes. Obviously, getting a guy like Damon Harmon is a pretty big deal because I think we can all kind of agree that this is a guy that – if there were more spring eval periods or summer camps, he would probably be much highly rated than he is currently. I mean, graded out at an 87.02, but I mean, even though he's a three star, I mean, this guy at six foot one, 178, has great length. He's aggressive in coverage, really strong ball skills. I think this guy fits exactly what Alice Grinch and Roy Manning look for in terms of finding those speed D cornerbacks. And, He's only going to continue to grow and get better. That's what I really like about the guy. He already has promising potential, but who knows what he'll end up being if and when he arrives in Norman. So getting a guy like Damon Harmon is beneficial, not only because he's a really good player, but, I mean, this continues to further Oklahoma's presence in the DMV region, which is becoming basically a recruiting hotbed for Oklahoma right now. I mean, they are continuously pushing for guys like Tristan Lee, Jaleel Farouk, Damon David. Uh, one Kelvin Gilliam, who I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second. But, I mean, DeMond Harmon, Caleb Williams, guys like that continue to be beneficial for the Sooners as they try and strengthen their hold on that DMV region. So, all in all, man, it's a really, really good pickup. And then on the flip side of things, I'm sure we'll both have a lot to say on this one. Kendall Daniels going to Texas A&M. I mean, look, we, we've talked about how badly Oklahoma probably needed to get that guy. I mean, he can do whatever he wants on the football field defensively and do it at an elite level. And the size is promising. The speed is promising. But at the end of the day, I mean, sometimes you just don't really know the recruiting world. And this is now, what, one of like the third top safety in the state of Oklahoma that's gone elsewhere for the Sooners in the past few cycles? And, well, it's not necessarily a great sign. I think that Sooner fans can find some solace in getting a guy like DeMond Harmon and there are still a couple of defensive back prospects on the board that at least should be a little bit encouraging for OU fans moving forward. So starting with DeMond Harmon, it, it feels like since Shane Beamer joined the staff, Oklahoma's had an emphasis on that DMV area and been better about going in there and winning. I mean, losing Antoine Powell last year hurt, you know, because I, I know that they really wanted him and they were high on him, but you're able to go back in there and get guys like Caleb Williams, who's we could say that's a win, right? That's an absolute win, especially after yeah. you already had a quarterback that was a five-star committed to the class and left you in the lurch, and you were able to go into that area and win. The other part about this that I find interesting is the Virginia area in particular is tremendous this year. Travion Henderson, Tony Grimes, both guys from that area. And then you're talking about just having a DeMond Harmon just kind of there, right? And then we talk, we touched on Tristan Lay and what he's going to be choosing between right now it feels like LSU's just a little bit farther in front of everybody else but Ohio State closing fast and Oklahoma's got some ground they got to make up 
But I'm with you. I think DeMond Harmon can play three different positions for Oklahoma, uh, four if you count both the safety positions. I also think it's interesting in that with the Kendall Daniels thing, he could do whatever you want him to do on a football field. He also projected heavily at safety, right? And if you were looking to add a safety to this class and not say a Kendall Daniels, you might be up a creek in as far as the quality that you're going to be able to go get. You probably go get a pretty decent three-star safety if that's what you want to do. But what Daniels provided was tremendous length at six foot four already, right? And know-how on a football field. And he's another just instinctual football player. And to your point, Josh Proctor, Dax Hill, now Kendall Daniels. That's three out of the last four years in which the number one safety prospect and really one of the best prospects in the state of Oklahoma has decided to not only askew Oklahoma, but has left the friggin' conference. Like, that's the part that gets me. So mm. I talked with Austin Ward, who is beat writer for Ohio State at Letterman Row, and one of the things that he clued me in on that I just, it, it missed me, Josh Proctor is the first guy that Ohio State had ever gone to go get in the state of Oklahoma in its history. That's how good he was. They needed to have him. This is a place that put seven defensive backs alone into the first round since 2016. And then your Dax Hill the most instinctual football player I've ever seen in my life, goes to Michigan. And even in there, if you were going to lose him, you weren't going to be second in the line. You were going to be fifth or sixth because Alabama was there and then they weren't. And then he goes back to Michigan and that's that. And now we thought, or I thought, I'm not going to speak for you. I thought if it wasn't going to be Oklahoma, it was going to be Clemson because Brent Venables was selling him on being the next Isaiah Simmons. I don't think that Simmons, or excuse me, uh, that Venables throws Simmons around a lot. I know that when they choose to offer a kid, that offer is one that is committable right away, which I commend them for, right? They don't overextend themselves. I think right now I count 70 offers that have gone out between uh, all of the positions that they have. And if you take that offer and you commit to it, it's yours. If you don't, I'm sorry, right? which I get, they don't make you go to camp to, to quote-unquote earn your offer in the way that, say, an Alabama does or Texas does or even an Oklahoma does. Like, perhaps the best defensive prospect in Oklahoma's class in Ethan Downs still had to go up to Norman, let Calvin Thibodeau put his hands on him, and then, as he told me, sweat his balls off to get that offer, right? It's just, it's part of somebody's process. Now, the bad news there is Kendall Daniels was so connected to Oklahoma. I mean, family that had graduated there, He's just from just down the road from me and begs. And it feels like whoever would have put in the work, and maybe that's what Texas A&M did with Mike Elko and them, was going to win him. Because we don't live in an, uh, in an age right now where kids feel like they have to be loyal to their in-state school. They just don't. It's closer to home, and everybody wants to be closer to mom. And I get that, right? But if mom says, you going to A&M, guess what happens? You going to A&M, right? And I feel like that's one of those things that happen. So it, does it suck? Absolutely. Is it something you can bounce back from? We'll see. Because, you know, my, my stance has not changed on this. Oklahoma has to consistently recruit with the top five recruiting classes in the country to expect to win a national championship. Until then, you're going to be the best of the second tier of teams, which means that we got to have four teams in this playoff, so we're giving you the fourth spot, and then you're going to get your head kicked in. Unless Alex Grinch can overdevelop at – almost every position. I just don't see that being likely, and I would not want that for him. I would want him to 
expect four and five star kids to be four and five star kids, not three star kids to be five star kids. I mean, no shade to Washington State, but this ain't that. This is this is Oklahoma, right? And you got to be able to put a team on the field that can not just win a Big Twelve championship, but can beat LSU, Alabama, and Georgia in a semifinal. So that, I mean, that's that's where I sit on those two things. Yeah. So uh, just kind of out of curiosity, while we're touching on this Kendall Daniels thing. Obviously, there were rumors that the position fit was kind of up in the air with him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. there were rumors that, okay, he wanted to play safety, but maybe Oklahoma saw him at a different position, and that wasn't really what he wanted to do. And then there were also rumors saying, oh, well, Oklahoma didn't have enough spots at defensive back, so maybe they looked at him as a linebacker. What would you say is Kendall Daniels' best fit at the next level? Because obviously – he kind of took that "quote unquote" self tour to Texas A&M just a little bit before making the decision. I have to believe somehow they were able to sell him on playing the safety position. I felt like, okay, this guy to me looked like the ideal nickel linebacker safety. I mean, at six four, some really good mobility. I felt like he could easily match up with a tight end or a slot receiver and be comfortable either way. And I understood that playing in the back end would probably allow him to do a little bit more in terms of creating some turnovers, getting on the highlight reel. But for me, I felt like his best position was nickel because it would allow him to do so many different things, just like he's able in doing, I mean, tackling, but also playing coverage. So from your perspective, since you are so close to him, and I think we both have kind of seen him grow, what is Kendall's Daniels feeling at a, a best fit type of position? Whatever the scheme needs is what you ask him to do. Now, the way you sell him on that, I think, is where you lose him, right? Because one of the things that I have learned about Alex Grinch and the way that Oklahoma has chosen to recruit defensive players, we have coaches that are great recruiters. We have coaches that are great strategists. It's the rare man that is both, right? Lincoln Riley happens to be both, okay? And there's a lot of reasons as to why. I think the man is a quiet polymath, I really do. I know that he's got a photographic memory. I know that his IQ test in in the genius category, I know those things to be true. Alex Grinch is a strategist. That man eats film. He eats football. And you have to remember how Alex Grinch was raised up in football. One, he didn't expect to start in high school. He earned his way to that. And Larry Karras who was his head coach at Mount Union, just like he was Matt Campbell's head coach. Matt Campbell goes from Pitt to Mount Union. Why? Because he was not having fun at Pitt, and he saw a bunch of football players running in a group down a highway, and they had Mount Union on their chest, and he decided, that's where I want to go play football. That's rough, man. That's a, that's a rough and tumble place. You wanted to be there. Karras described his recruiting strategy as walking up to a kid and saying, imagine dragging your knuckles on concrete, grinding them into that concrete. It's going to hurt, but you're going to have real tough knuckles. If you can do that with me, you can play for me. And that's the kind of stuff that Alex Grinch eats up, right? He's not long on giving compliments. He's not long on telling you what you do well. He is very long on telling you, hey, play with great intensity, and that's a bust. We can't have those. I think if you're asking him to sell you on you can do whatever you want in this defense, which usually turns out to be, hey, uh, we need you to plug a gap. 
We need you to make up for uh, a lack of talent that we have at safety, strong safety, free safety, nickel slot. It's about how you sell it. And what I have learned about other places, notably Texas A&M, they'll sell you on doing almost anything. It's when you get there, when you figure out, hey, I'm not a linebacker, I'm a safety, or you figure out I'm a safety, not a linebacker. It's about how the conversation goes, right? Because so many of these kids are sold to a position coach or by a position coach. And it might not even be a position that they coach, right? The guy that you're actually going to be playing for, working for, that's different. I mean, Isaiah Wilson said he went to Michigan after having just committed to Alabama because he went in for a hug and Nick Saban went in for a handshake. It matters that much, right? What you're saying and how you're saying it and how you're acting. I think those things went into uh, his decision to go to A&M as much as anything else, or at least commit to A&M. That said, I mean, where would you have him play? You would have him play, I think, I think, nickel. Because that's the most important position on your football field right now. Outside of defensive tackle, that's it. Like, you got to have a guy that can take away a tight end and a slot. And he can do both. And then if you want him to stand there in a nine technique and rush off the edge, he's, he's going to do that too. So when I say Isaiah Simmons, that's what I mean, right? And I think we're going to see more of that across college football. We're going to see more longer, rangier dudes that eclipse 6'3", who are going to be asked to play six positions because you never know what the offense is going to want to run out there. You might see Pro Wells. You might see Jalen Rager. you got to be able to cover both. I agree. I mean, it's, it's going to be fascinating what they end up doing with him if and when he eventually ends up in College Station. Obviously, so much is unknown right now mm. with the recruiting restrictions in place. You have to kind of wonder what Texas A&M was able to push towards him in the final minutes before making that decision. But, I mean, look, I think to kind of end this discussion here, I think we would both agree it's definitely something that OU fans and the coaching staff should be maybe a little disappointed in, but it's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, there's still some very good prospects left on the board. I think you know personally, I'm a big Demond David fan. I think if Oklahoma were able to snag him as one of that final safety spots, I I think Demond David's a monster. So, look, losing Kendall Daniels, especially to a quote-unquote kind of rival, it it certainly hurts the staff and the program. But, I mean, moving forward, I, I still think this kind of allows Oklahoma to really narrow its focus on its defensive back recruits and really nitpick at who it wants to fill out this class. Uh, I would add you're right, and, and I would also give OU fans this nugget. The Billy Bowman situation is real. It's, <laughs> it's real. So just, just sit on that for a little while. We'll, we'll, unta- we'll unpack it. We got time. But – that's oh, real. Yeah. So Billy Bowman can fall, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Oh, God, yes. All right, so I want to go from that to Caleb Kelly's injury sustained in practice on Monday. Blew out his knee again, second time in like 16 months, 15 months that he has had that season-ending injury. Yes, he can get a medical red shirt because he has suffered back-to-back injuries in consecutive years, a la Jason White, but it's – we don't even know if he wants to play next year, let alone what he's thinking about. But I, I wanted to go from that news to the depth at linebacker because this gets to be really interesting and, as with all challenges, is actually a, an opportunity because you have Jamal Morris and Robert Barnes playing basically will linebacker 
along with Brian Asamoah. Now, Asamoah slots in as a prototypical will in this defense that Grinch wants to run. But as we talking about with Kendall Daniels, if you could drop down a safety to that position who already understands safety concepts and, and probably still views himself as a safety, you could do some really interesting things with your scheme. You know, and I'm interested to see at like 230 pounds what Robert Barnes and Jamal Morris move like. Uh, and I would really love to see them next to Deshaun White just to see how it works, right? Uh, no shade to, to Brian Asamoah, no shade to Sean, uh, my goodness, uh, Shane Witter, dude. Like that that dude, like he, he's got legitimate 4-4 speed and he's already putting up all kinds of numbers on, on in the weight room. So like, be on the lookout for him. He's he he could snatch this job, is what I'm saying. But if you could pair that safety up there and maybe run some version of a modified six six DB field, like would you if you saw Robert Barnes next to Deshaun White, you'd probably say there's five defensive backs on the field. What if you could turn him into a robber? Like that's that's what I'm thinking about, and I think that's an interesting concept to to pay attention to as we move forward. Yeah, no, I, I, this is a fascinating discussion, and I had it with a couple of different people behind the scenes, and it's like a lot of people in the network want to know, okay, how does OU react? Well, if you're on the OU Insider VIP board, you know that I put up a little bit of a story describing some of the potential depth moves in terms of how Oklahoma may try and substitute for the loss of Caleb Kelly, and obviously we're going to start with Brian Osmo. I mean, the guy, from all accounts, has been absolutely gone bananas in whatever sort of activity that they asked him to do. I mean, it seems like he's on the verge of a breakout season. Now, to kind of cap that and move on to that depth you're talking about, I'm expecting it to be a lot of Robert Barnes now. And this is really going to be his opportunity because obviously Jamal Morris making that transition, I feel like him being a youngster, still trying to learn that frame and position at the same time could be a little bit difficult on him, even though Jamal Morris, I have all the confidence in the world in him as a person and player. It, it just may take a little bit of time and learning. And so as a result, I mean, Robert Barnes, the guy who's been in the system, he, he was really helpful by all accounts in terms of helping guys get accustomed to the Grinch way. And now, I mean, if Robert Barnes is ready to go, then you just run him out there and see what happens. Because my other reaction is kind of what you're saying. I mean, is this an opportunity for Oklahoma to maybe start running out the dime package a little bit earlier? Because if you remember correctly, it wasn't really until the Texas game that Oklahoma ran out their dime. And, mm -hmm. and now, I mean, maybe this is an opportunity where Grinch said, okay, look, maybe that's not what we want to do in terms of the strategy standpoint, but this is, this is probably what we're going to have to do in order to kind of mask some of the things that we have to do defensively in order to be efficient. And so as a result, Robert Barnes is exactly the kind of guy that you would want to be that hybrid safety linebacker because not only does he have the ability to do it, but he has, again, spent some time and learned the system, and I feel like he's going to be very confident heading into the year. So I'm very fascinated. I think a lot of people wonder, okay, well, what else? I mean, obviously Witter is a guy that could be there. Uh, maybe Brendan Walker, who by several accounts has been an absolute stud, kind of moves inside. I told people I don't expect Brian Mead to move over to Will because they need Deshaun White to have a quality, at least knowledgeable backup at Mike. Because this obviously this situation is going to put a ton of pressure on Deshaun to exceed expectations even more so. So, at the end of the day, man, look, I just got to say, Caleb Kelly, man, this is this hurts. 
right? I mean, this is just devastating. Like, that, that guy is not only a very good player that's been kind of hindered by injury, but he is one of the most outstanding individuals you will ever come across. And he has done so much to impact society that to see him lose another shot at achieving his dreams of eventually making the NFL, I mean, it breaks my heart, really. And um, I hope that eventually we get to see Caleb Kelly on the field again very soon. I know that he's going to be able to attack this rehab process just as well as he did in previous areas. But for right now, that's kind of the picture you're looking at that will linebacker position and whether it's Brian Othamoa, Robert Barnes, or maybe one of those safeties, I think Oklahoma is going to be all right. And we'll see what Grinch is able to do schematically to kind of mask the loss of a one Caleb Kelly. No, it's well said on, on Kelly. And I think, you know, as a student assistant coach, again, he's, I mean, he had as much to do with Kenneth Murray coming up in the way that he did as anybody. I mean, uh, so many things just broke Kenneth Murray's way not and, and didn't break the way of Caleb Kelly. It did break the way of Levi Draper, for that matter. Just things were coming up for him. I also wanted to kind of point to something that you said about Brian Asamoah and Deshaun White. One, Asamoah needed to grow up. Two, Robert Barnes, is it's past time for him to assume this sort of a role. So I think they're going to try to give him that shot. And three, we're all just assuming Deshaun White is the guy that we think he is, which sometimes is dangerous, right? Sometimes that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. But that speaks to, I think, the talisman of the defense right now, which is the part that I thought was most interesting when we were before the injuries was who was going to be the, the person that was responsible. Like, we haven't had an announcement for captains yet, but I'd be shocked if he wasn't one of them. Like, I think it would be him and or Pat Fields and Trey Brown, right? Because I, between Trey Brown and Pat Fields, you know who's, who's in charge of the secondary. And I trust both of those guys. Both went to high school together. Both of them have been starters for Oklahoma. Both of them have been tremendously vocal uh, outside of team activities. But that front seven, you're really looking at Jalen Redman or Deshaun White. So that's it's it's got to be him, and if it's not him, then I think the wheels for the defense fall off completely, because that's that's what it is right now. It's it's a lot on him and his shoulders. Yeah, I agree. This is this is a situation where Deshaun White, if there wasn't pressure before to fill in for the role of a one Kenneth Murray, there's certainly a ton of pressure right now, and I, I've always kind of wondered. Look, I, I have a ton of confidence in Deshaun because as he kind of came up through the Texas high school football ranks, like all I ever heard was just how good of a football player and how smart of a mind he was. Like some people told me he was one of the most instinctual linebackers that had come across the Texas high school football scene in a very long time. And obviously Texas A&M wanted him really bad, but when Oklahoma swung him away, that seemed like one of the larger gets on the trail for the Sooners during that cycle. And, and so now this is kind of Deshaun White's opportunity I don't know, to maybe fulfill those expectations because Oklahoma kind of put all their chips to the center of the table and said, look, man, you're our guy. You're, you're the linebacker we want. And now that he has come into the program and has seemingly built a very strong reputation for himself, I mean, he's well-liked. He plays the position well at will last year. And, and now him assuming that Mike spot, this is his time to really captain this defense and, and take control of the Alex Grinch system now. What I will be very curious to see, and I've kind of brought it up in, in podcasts or discussions past, 
is does this situation now put even more pressure for Deshaun to just simply be the true Mike Backer? And why I say that is because Kenneth Murray, while he was that Mike Backer, was allowed to come down and rush the passer or attack the quarterback in various ways. And they gave Murray a little bit more free range, but probably because they really trusted some of the other guys around him in the linebacking core to make some other decisions like Deshaun White. Well, now with Caleb Kelly being gone, who is so smart and so intellectual and so understanding of the game, does this mean that Deshaun may not get some of those similar opportunities to, I don't know, rush the quarterback or be aggressive in the run game or screen game? It's just, to me, maybe this, holds back Deshaun a little bit from maybe fully realizing that potential. But again, I mean, the guy has all the ability in the world and him being so instinctual and intellectual, I have a feeling that while this may be a setback for both Caleb and Deshaun, Deshaun's still going to have a really good season. So I'm excited to see what he can put together. No, I'm with you. And and I tend to bring a measure of, uh, I think of it as realism, but uh, pessimism to some to the show because I'm a close observer of OU football. And when you are a close observer of OU football, you don't necessarily believe in sunshine and rainbows. You believe it's been 20 years since OU won a national championship. And you believe that they've won, you know, three Heisman trophies in the past 10 years. You know what it is. You, you uh, And yet can't put it all together. Uh, this could be an interesting year to put it all together, if, provided we can get through the entire season. As uh, I think the next time that we talk, we're going to break down the Big 12 schedule that is being remade and redone as we speak. Just wild year of college football, man. Uh, that is Colin Kennedy. Give him a follow at CKennedy247 on the Twitters. That is CKennedy247. I have deleted my Twitter account. Uh, Colin, thanks so much, man. Always fun, dude. Let's do it again soon. Right on.